America's original and oldest heritage pack company, Duluth Pack, hosts a podcast led by CEO Tom Sega. Real stories with real people who we admire, plus outdoor industry conversations, business discussions, entrepreneurial advice, and more. Now enjoy this week's episode of Leader of the Pack. Hey, everybody, this is Tom Sega from Duluth Pack, and this is the Duluth Pack podcast, Leader of the Pack. Our special guest today is Victor Fung. He is the co-founder of Greetings Tour. And we're going to learn all about what Greetings Tour meets, means today. And I've been on the internet, Victor, looking at some of the work you do. And it is, my word that I came up with is super cool. So before people know what it actually is, let's just learn a little about you from way back when, uh, before they find out what you do for a living and how cool it is. So welcome, Victor. Hey, how's it going? It's Thanks awesome. for having me. You absolutely welcome. So Victor, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? And this really helps us come forward when we, when our listeners find out what you do for a living and how talented you are on, on how did that all work out? And so what was your, your childhood like? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in New York. Uh, it's a neighborhood called Bayside in Queens. Um, kind of had a suburban feel. You still need a car to get around. Uh, you know, I know New York City is like its own bubble of the world. So it, it still surprises me, like when I'm on the road and I tell people I'm from New York and they ask me what part, like anyone from New York City is just like, oh, I just assume New York City, you know. Um, but right. my, my childhood, um, so my sister and I, we, we, we're like a first generation born here to uh, Chinese immigrant parents. My mom's from Hong Kong, dad's from China. Uh, and as far as like my childhood, kind of tell a little story where uh, you want to like fit in, you know, with your peers and what you see on TV and the media. Uh, but meanwhile, my parents are really trying to hold on to their roots with like traditional Chinese foods and culture. And looking back, I really do appreciate that, though. Um, you know, hard to see it at the time. Uh, and it may have con you know created a confusing sense of identity, but but it played like a important role like in, in, in at least in my path in life um and you know my high school years I had the typical kind of rebellious stage too so <laughs> is that how you ended up ended up an artist is is uh the rebellion or was it something earlier in your life that that got uh, you I really mean, interested in arts yeah when I was really young I drew a lot but this, this was like maybe like kindergarten first grade and then didn't really do much art after that. I wasn't really into it. No one in my family was into art or anything. Um, and then I'd say it all kind of picked up when I got into like graffiti in, in school, which is, which is pretty common at the time in New York, at least, you know, everyone had this like tag growing up. Um, but, you know, I kind of stuck with that and, and, you know, got into my fair share of trouble as a kid, but <laughs> later on used yep. in a positive way. So. So tell tell us about that. So you're young and and you did some drawing and then you left it for a while and then you came back and you said you started doing graffiti. Is this is first of all, I mean, is it legal to even do graffiti like you were doing or or no? And then how from that, whether it was legal or illegal, whatever, right? Um, how did that help pave your path to where you said, hey. I can make a career out of this. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's, well, to answer your first question, you know, by definition, it, it, it's not legal. You know, I mean, most kids kind of get into it from, you know, tagging and doing something illegally. And then a lot of my friends grew out of it, too. I kind of stuck with it. And then there's legal walls, you know, there's places that let you do it and you can practice, um, you know, way beyond just tags, you know, pretty elaborate, like full color pieces. It's all like lettering based. Uh, it was kind of my personal escape from from the you know nine to five corporate world that i was in later on <laughs> um but i mean the bridge to actually doing this as a career i mean pretty long story but i mean it's it's from my friends knowing i did graffiti here and there like they'd ask me to do I don't know, their, their bedrooms and escalate into a local radio station want to do do a mural for their uh, studio and just kind of picked up from there and you know the little jobs here and there victor is it is it all like i'm looking out actually out my office window and i see graffiti right now on the side of a train and i you, you mentioned there and it just triggered something for me i see a lot of letters the the the, the murals really cute is it a mural the right thing to call it is really cool on the train I'm looking at right now, but there's a lot of letters incorporated with it. Is that is that part of all the uh, the artistry of it? Yeah, I mean it's, it's based on like a writing. You, you know, you create this name and identity for yourself, and it's just like how stylized you can make these letters, really, and and how how much you can get it seen. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean it it goes. It's a really deep subculture in its own, you know, so people kind of travel. I don't know if you're talking about, are you seeing like freight trains? You know? Yeah, this is a freight yeah, train yeah. that I'm looking at right now. And it just, as you said that, it made me think about it. And so I'm, I'm looking off to the side here and I can see it's all, it's a beautiful mural, if you will. That's what I would call it as a, as a layman. But it's all incorporated into words. Yeah, and those are just like tags and people's names that they just repeat again and again. And and I mean, for me personally, like I I grew out of that because it's very like a, a lot of ego in that world. I'd say. Okay. <laughs> you only paint your own name so many times, you know, before. Well, me personally, I I just kind of got bored of it. Like, what value does that give to other people? Um, don't get me wrong, I I definitely appreciate the culture of where it's gotten me today, but. I guess I kind of personally just grew out of it, you know. So, so Victor, you you mentioned that it was a it was an escape from the nine to five. Let's talk about the nine to five for a little bit here, and then how you decided to transition from the nine to five to to hey, for the rest of my life, I I might do what I love to do, and that's my escape. Yeah, well. I mean, I, you know, I went to both high school and college in New York, um, kind of just picked a, a, my, my high school, uh, sorry, my college was Baruch College in the city. Um, actually, I guess notable people that went there, like Ralph Lauren went there. Um, and also like the, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, that farmer bro guy, Martin Screlly <laughs> went there, as well as uh, the WeWork guy too, WeWork owner, uh, Adam okay. Also kind of, I don't know <laughs> if he, but um, I, I kind of just picked business as a major. Um, 
And, and looking back, it wasn't really, I mean, I got my first job out of uh, like a college fair at the, co- uh, at the school and um, actually stayed at that job as email marketing for about like eight years. Uh, and that whole time kind of just living a bit of like the Clark Kent lifestyle here, just doing my work and then going home and any free time I had was dedicated to this art form, which I, I really didn't benefit at all from financially in any way. It was just like a love of doing it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, looking back, one th- I, I personally don't feel like I got too much out of school. It wasn't really for me, but looking back, I, I do really wish I took more of an entrepreneurship course, you know, because I feel like that's where I ended up later on. So. Let's let's circle back to that later because I think I think you hit on something there that you know you turned a passion of yours into a business and now you're like oh boy maybe I have to learn the hard way on on what this business part of it all is about but in 2011 you opened the is it Klug House yeah Klug Klug House Gallery so it was really like a a, a good friend of mine. Um, and and business partner, I just want to give it a shot. You know, we we both involved in the graffiti world and found the cool location for rent. Like it was right around the corner from my apartment downtown at the time. Uh, and I was still working the nine to five. And, and, you know, we decided to open this art gallery that was like focused on people with graffiti roots, even though the art we were showing wasn't necessarily graffiti. Um, so yeah, I was working my nine to five, <laughs> On my lunch breaks, running back to the gallery, putting out fires, and going back to work. And to be honest, we we really knew nothing about the business. We just like jumped in. We're like, oh, how how hard could it be? You know, you just hang some art and sell some art. You know, <laughs> but we quickly learned a, a lot from that <laughs> business. And uh, you know, we we definitely had the the artist side no problem. We had many talented artists we worked with. Who actually now, you know, a lot of people we've shown today became really big artists, but the selling of the art was the much harder part, right? <laughs> so um, I think that out of that gallery, more than uh, being like a successful and profitable business, we really did build a really strong community with that location. There was nothing like that around in that area. Completely different if you go there today. You know, all our show openings, they're, they're packed and we built a huge network of artists. Um, but, you know, we didn't last too long there just due to the rent. So we did some pop-up shows after we closed, but it, it more so like evolved into like a an agency model to actually commission graffiti murals. Okay. So let's let's talk about when you, so you're still working your nine to five, you open the gallery, what were your responsibilities and what was a typical day like for you then with the gallery? Yeah, I think with the gallery, like, well, my initial thought going into this, like, oh, we could do a show once a month and it wouldn't be too much work. Um, but it, it was kind of, you know, you do an opening once a month, but there's a lot of work leading up to it. And it was a whole business we, we really knew nothing about, like I mentioned before. <laughs> and uh, my day-to-day, I mean, just kind of, hanging the art and, and trying to connect collectors with the artists and what ha- ended up happening is that more and more people started coming in to the gallery uh, looking to commission graffiti or they were looking to buy graffiti art on canvas and we're like none of the artists that we showed actually did graffiti as their art which is very strange we we're just trying to show 
a lot of artists that had a similar background. They never went to art school and they kind of just learned everything through uh, this art form of graffiti. And what we realized is like, oh, there's, there's actually no company that exists that does like commissioned, you know, legal graffiti. And at the time, this is probably like 2011, um, I guess Banksy was really big, became like a household name. And we found that there were actually companies like this in the UK. And we're like, hey, no one is doing anything like this in America. So why don't we just do it? We'd rather have people that are actually graffiti artists painting graffiti than them hiring like a scenic artist that knows nothing about it, you know? So that's how it kind of evolved into this agency model. And for us, it was great because once the physical gallery was closed, you know, our overhead was just nothing. And I'm just working behind the computer all day. And, you know, we were, I was doing a lot of the installations. Me and my partner were doing a lot of installations ourselves. Uh, and then we started connecting artists with different clients and it kind of grew from there. What What's an installation? Oh, sorry. The insulate meaning just like a, the painting of a mural. So, okay. Uh, at at the time, and maybe, maybe we were lucky because it was New York. So a lot of like tech companies would hire us for their offices. Um, you know, we did like LinkedIn's offices, Facebook's offices, and uh, yeah, and a lot of events. They're looking for like live art as well. A little bit of you know, edginess to it. So. <laughs> can we can we talk a little bit about, I mean, what what all goes into being an artist doing what you do with with murals? I mean, are you are you painting with brushes? Or are you painting with spray cans or how? Please enlighten us. Yeah, I mean, I guess the traditional murals are, are done with brush. And I forgot to mention, too, like we, we specializing, we call ourselves the spray paint specialists. So that was just kind of the, the term we use a lot. And, and the difference with our murals was that the main medium uh, was spray paint, uh, which actually doesn't always isn't always the easiest to do indoors. Like we would have to cover a lot it would look like i don't know if you ever watched show dexter but it would just be like plastic everywhere so the fumes wouldn't get all and the overspray wouldn't get all over the place uh but it did give it a very unique uh look and aesthetic that you can't really replicate with brush so victor did you have mentors as you were coming up through and as you're learning that hey there's some people that are getting known in the mediums that i do and i want to to emulate their styles or uh, is, was this something that you're the mentor and you're the first one who's taken it kind of into a business form? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's funny because when I was very passionately into painting graffiti, I was always kind of like anti uh, quote unquote, selling out, you know, of, of getting paid to do something. And to me, also, it's kind of like a very pure form of art because you're not doing it for any, you're not doing it to sell a canvas. It's just like you want to say, I was here. And, and kind of in the bigger picture, like a lot of art is that, you know, it's just like, you know, go back to like Michelangelo or Da Vinci painting, painting something is like a moment of time and then just showing you know, hey, we're humans and we did this in our time, you know, and I, I was kind of very anti just getting paid for it and, and 
I don't know how that transition really happened. I guess I, I started realizing after working eight years doing something that I wasn't too passionate about. I, I was like, hey, why not make a living doing what I love? And and I slowly let go from there and was able to just, it, it felt good to connecting other artists so that they could do something they love and, and make a living off of it as well, not just myself. So it felt good. And, and that's kind of how I just let go and <laughs> grow the business from there. So, Victor, when you had Klughaus Gallery, how did you market then? Because that's part of the business is you need to market your your shop. And how did you market? And then as we go forward, I'm going to ask that question again as you've, you've gone on from there and, and become a bigger name in it and how you market today. But back then, how did you market yeah, well, with the gallery, it was a very like niche audience, and th that was just kind of very localized to New York City. So you know, we would attract people from New York City mainly to come to our shows and everything like that. And I think we grew a name out of that, where people in LA have heard of us. You know, we'd have artists kind of coming from all over. Uh, so we got that name, and then when it evolved into that. Uh, agency model we actually created like a different branding or like a sister company it was called like graffiti usa just to make it kind of obvious what we do because a lot of people see clue house have no idea what that is you know um and i'll be honest at the time what really helped with our business was uh seo like there was nothing we had no competitors in that world <laughs> or even like mural artists in general, like just graffiti artists for hire or mural artists for hire, nothing like that existed. So like someone just Google it and they'll find us. And a lot of that is where, where we got most of the business, at least how it started growing outside of New York. When you started growing outside of New York, were, did you have companies then? Would that be mostly like corporate business? A company would say, hey, Victor, we love what we see that you do. And and we want to have our building have have some graffiti art done on our building. Or how did that work out? And, and how far did you expand at that point? Yeah, it was mainly New York and L.A. Uh, at first and then like Chicago. And then, because uh, a lot of the the companies we painted these uh, murals for, they they were like pretty big. You know, there are global companies or national companies, so they had offices all over. So we might do an office for someone in New York, and then they open one in LA, and they'd reach back out to us. Uh, but yeah, it was through you know existing clients with with new offices and just. I guess, mainly people looking for graffiti artists and not being able to find them <laughs> online. So. Victor, so you transitioned from the Klughaus Gallery to Mural and Art Consulting. Was that Graffiti USA at that point? And what year was that? Yeah, I think that, so that transition kind of happened uh, late, I'd say probably like, I want to say, 2019-ish um but yeah it was kind of it got really confusing because Kluke House we, we kind of just left behind it just didn't make sense with what we were doing and, and mural art and consulting was 
something we wanted to do that was more focused on uh, connecting or like artists that we represented uh, with clients that for them to do like their true art versus graffiti USA was more like commission, like an art uh, company wants to see, I don't know, their company values painted in their office and it wasn't really representative of like an artist's true art. So the mural art consulting was more so to really try to like fight for, for the artists to truly express themselves and, and you know, kind of connect clients with the right artists that they're looking for. So, so Victor, in going back a little bit, in 2014, you and Lisa Beggs founded Greetings Tour and you are the artist and Lisa is the photographer. How did this all come together and what was the thought behind all of that? Yeah, so in 2014, so uh, Lisa and I started dating uh, a little bit before that. And uh, there was basically a wall uh, in my neighborhood in Chinatown that would always pass by. It was like graffiti on it. And I always ask, hey, can I paint something nice on that uh, for the neighborhood? I'd ask the people working there and, and they, they didn't really even speak English and they just kind of ignored me. I asked many times and then one day, uh, funny enough, uh, a friend of mine from high school I grew up with, he actually became a, a detective in the precinct there in Chinatown. And I just ran into him in the street right by the wall. I was like, hey, what's going on? I was like, hey, there's this wall here. I've been trying to do something nice on for a while. And he's like, oh, let's, let's go talk to them. And then I, I went with him. We rolled up in the police car. <laughs> and uh, they, they saw he was like in uniform. And then they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And... And then we got to paint that wall and unconsciously I, I just referenced a, an old like large letter postcard. I wanted to do like greetings from Chinatown and just put different elements from the community inside the letters. Uh, and the response from the community was like amazing. Uh, you know, from all those years of just writing my own name, no one cares about that, you know? So we had people, uh, you know, older Chinese guys walking by who would never look twice at any other kind of, mural art and, and they were like super interested in what we we're doing asking about this project and we're like oh we might have something here you know it makes people feel good and creates this kind of landmark and i guess lisa and i we, we went on a road trip on the west coast and we saw some people living on van in vans like along the coast we're like you know what why don't we just try traveling for a year and painting these murals all over and, and just kind of see what happens. And Lisa's family actually used to own an RV dealership when she was young. And one of her first jobs was washing RVs. I knew nothing about RVs because I'm from the city and never even stepped foot in one. <laughs> uh, but we ended up getting uh, an RV from her, her brother-in-law who still worked at a dealership and uh, just took off doing this and rest is kind of history <laughs> so what, what you go on you, you go on tour right you were in a in an rv that's pretty cool um traveling the country and so you would solicit business and market business through your seo and all that people would get a hold of you you'd go to a new town and then do mural the greeting murals for them 
Yeah, so uh, I guess to back up a bit, I, I was still running this uh, mural agency, which is completely different than this greeting. So the greeting tour is more of a passion project I started to do um, because I could work remotely. I mean, I, this was like way before COVID. But I was just, you know, full-time working from home, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I was able to just, you know, take calls and do everything remotely. So we were traveling and then this also helped because I was meeting a lot of artists on the road and also connecting them with work. But as far as the greeting store goes, that that was something we weren't necessarily even trying to make a business at first. It was just we wanted to create these landmarks and, and work with different communities and create something that would last and people would be, you know, happy about. And it just coincidentally happened at the same time and, and it worked out. So, so can you trademark graffiti art? Uh, it's possible. I mean, if you create, yes, I guess the short answer is yes. Well, yes and no. I mean, some people who do like images, repeated images, they could trademark that. Uh, the Copyright Office may not allow you to trademark a like a tag because it's like a word um, or maybe I, I think more so you might be asking about like copywriting or trademarking. <laughs> well, I guess maybe uh, copywriting might be better for your. your yeah, yeah. I mean, you could definitely copyright. Uh, yeah. Anything really, if it's art. Um, so yeah, we do copyright like our murals, for example, uh, people have copyrighted their tags. That's not a problem. <laughs> okay. And can you give us an idea of some of the cities that you've done work? Obviously, New York City. You're in California now, so I'm assuming you're doing some work in California. But where where else have you done work where people could actually go and see your work? Yeah, I mean, to date, I mean, we've painted over 60 plus murals. And this is uh, specifically the Greetings to a Project I'm talking about Um we, I mean, we have them everywhere from, you know, New York to Orlando, uh, all the way up to Alaska. Uh, just, you can check out our website. We have like a map actually of all of them. And some states we have multiple murals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, our, our kind of one of our goals in the beginning of this project, which we just randomly said one day was to paint in all 50 states. And then we we tried to make that happen. I mean, we're at like 27 states, but then along the way, we learned a lot and we realized like that goal has evolved quite a bit because it's not really about uh, just having murals in all 50, like, so what, right? <laughs> when you reach that point, what does that mean to other people? Uh, I think the difference with our project is that we, we really try to work with communities uh, and create like true public art, where it's, it's different when you're graffiti, for example, you go and you just paint your name or you go and you just paint your art over again, over and over again in a place, but it has no meaning to the people that live there and work there. So with the Greeting Sewer Project, we, we work a lot uh, just with communities on asking them like what best represents their city and what they want to see. And we also invite local artists to collaborate with us. Sometimes we'll give them a letter uh, to do their artwork in. And that way, when we leave, it, it's, just, it's more meaningful 
to the cities than if we were just dropping out of nowhere, paint something and leave, you know? Sure. And you, you mentioned there, and so I want to talk about this right now is, can you give our listeners all of your social handles? So number one, they can see your work. I'm looking at it right now. And, oh, yeah. and uh, secondly, how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, sure. Uh, the uh, We're pretty active on Instagram. It's just at greetings tour. Um, and you can go to greetingstour.com as well. Or, and just click murals and you can see all the murals on there. And for those that don't have access to the internet at the time, well, you're listening to podcasts, you probably can, but um, it's it's all based off the the mid-century large letter postcard, which is, you know, greetings from the name of the city and different uh, images within each letter. So. It's it, Folks, I'm looking at this right now, and it's it's amazing. Your work is amazing. Um and, and that leads me right to my next question for you. I'm looking at one here, Victor, that says, greetings from Union County, Georgia. Give us an idea of really what goes into doing a mural like you did there. And you, you have it broken down so you can see there's a tremendous amount of work and it's a very large piece that you did. Give us an idea from start to finish what is how do you plan for something like this and then how do you implement that style of project and that size of project yeah well that one in particular is a bit unique because that was actually commissioned uh by like a property owner but i, I would say the majority of our murals we actually work with cities um and you know for anyone that's done any kind of work with governments you know the a lot of red tape and the process is long. So uh, sometimes, you know, from the from the first email where a city reaches out and they want to do a mural, we might not be putting paint on the wall till like two or three years later. <laughs> uh, so the process kind of starts. I mean, if they're reaching out to us, they likely know what we're doing and, and the whole concept and style of what we do. But most importantly, we're, we're going back and forth on figuring out what elements or images should go inside these letters. Um, and if you talk about like a big city like Chicago, I mean, there's just tons of stuff. So you really have to like narrow it down. And, and we always try to hit an element of like culture, history, landmarks, uh, some sort of nature element. And yeah, just, just the design phase, uh, take some time, you know, going back and forth through revisions. Uh, also prior to even getting to that point, it's just finding the right wall because our murals in particular, we really want them to be like a modern day supersized postcard, right? So we want people to take photos with them um, and just, you know, send them to friends and family. Uh, and, you know, sometimes going bigger is not always better. Uh, and it's also not not always easier to go smaller either because it's all spray paint. And I think a lot of people can't even really see some the amount of detail in some of these murals. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like in in Vegas, for example, we hide like tiny little Elvises and a lot, a lot of hidden Easter eggs and all these murals that that you can't really see in, in the photos of them online. And we. It's part of the, we actually, so sorry, I'm kind of going off topic and rambling here, but no, this is good. So going back to what I was saying prior, 
the uh, you know the trying to hit this goal of painting in all 50 states we we realized that like we started getting a lot of emails from people and they would say something like hey you know we rented a car here and we drove and visited your mural and if it wasn't for the mural we would have never found this this business here and, and it made a trip you know very memorable and it was an amazing experience and it wasn't just one or two emails we would constantly get these emails and we realized like hey we're, we're actually like bringing people to places they wouldn't normally go to to kind of collect our our art kind of like collecting people used to collect postcards back in the day right before uh, photos and everything so we created this uh what we call like a wall of fame incentive we told people hey if you make it to like 10 or more murals we'll send you some free prints or and you know custom things we make just for these people that are going out of their way to explore these cities which we have our artwork in and we're like our only ask of you is just support a local business and tell us about you know what you found out from going to visit these murals and now we have this wall of fame going that's it's been great it's it's our way of like uh trying to help small businesses throughout the country it, it gives the artwork some more value than just you know some color on the wall where we go you know it's it's so cool i'm 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 paging through i mean you have scaffolding set up so we're not talking about small artwork here we're talking about like this one that i'm looking at is so large you have scaffolding set up it's 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 amazing and uh go to the website folks and 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 facebook and and friend at facebook and look at instagram because it's it's absolutely amazing and you know it's funny as you're talking victor uh, we own a brick and mortar retail store, a flagship store here up in, in northern Minnesota, and we sell kind of old fashioned postcards. And when I'm looking at some of your art, it's like, that's like those postcards. And you kept mentioning postcards there. So that's 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 pretty cool. And then go to the map, folks, and see all the different places that that you have done work. That is that is pretty cool. Victor, let's talk about legalities of your work um you you talked a little bit about working with the city do you does the city go through like the permitting process for you when you're doing this or do you have to go through the permitting process how does all that work out and then on top of that when you get the project started during this you said it could be up to two years uh, how do you go about the equipment needs and on hand and all of that yeah, I mean, usually when we're working with cities that they'll handle all the permitting. Um, and I'll be honest that some of the murals we did in the beginning, we just kind of did them rogue and, you know, they technically might have required permits. But I think after we did them, people loved it so much. I, I mean, literally some of these cities we painted in that where a mural may not have been legal. Like we've seen the actual city like using our murals <laughs> in their own offices, you know. So uh, sometimes you just kind of have to do it and and you know worst that could happen it gets painted over i mean it, it, that would suck but i think what we're doing is a bit different and I, I understand why there there are a lot of these codes in cities um but what we're doing I, I don't think many people would find offensive at all um but yeah as far as equipment and everything i mean luckily when we had the rv there was quite a lot of storage um you know we it's funny because another funny thing is like 
the RV thing, we, we didn't really do to be like cool. These days, a lot of people doing like this van life thing, or they're just like living out of RVs and it's like a cool lifestyle thing. But for us, it was more of like an economical thing. It was like, Hey, how could we stay on the road and do this without having to like scramble and find places to stay in every city we go to. So the RV just made sense. Uh, and luckily, you know, we, we could store a lot of things in there. Uh, as far as like lifts and stuff like that, we would just rent them when we're in cities. Um, but yeah, and, and we had power too in the RV because it had a generator. So we ever had to use like a projector or something or, or paint sprayer. We can always just plug right into the RV. How about sponsors? Do you, are you sponsored by any companies? I'm thinking if you're, if you're uh, using, you know, spray paint, um, and you're doing the cool work you're doing, I would think some of these uh, paint companies uh, may want to sponsor you. Yeah, so our, our one true sponsor from the very beginning of this project is actually Montana Cans, which is a, it's actually a German-based spray paint company, but they're probably one of the best when it comes to like uh, spray paint for art purposes. Um, and that relationship came from you know, previous life connections in the graffiti world where people have gone on to work for the company, you know, in a corporate uh, <laughs> position. And, uh, and it's also very helpful because a lot of these places sometimes will end up in remote, smaller cities and towns where there's like no way to even uh, source the spray paint. So, so they've been very helpful in just shipping to us. Plus, so we don't have to like store tons of spray paint. <laughs> um, and then recently, not not so some of like the large murals are like the big background uh, blocks of color. Uh, Sharon Williams has also been very helpful and supportive of our project as well. Victor, you mentioned you did a project in Las Vegas. A lot of people that are going to listen to this podcast have gone there, whether it's for business trade shows or they go there to have a whole bunch of fun. Where is your mural if you only have one or murals if you have more than that uh in las vegas where can we find that and uh when you said you have the little hidden elvises in there pique my interest yeah so our mural in vegas is actually is it's not on the strip it's actually in the arts district which is good because a lot of people don't even know about the arts district in vegas uh, you know a lot of locals do do hang out in that area uh, but it's it's on Main Street in the Arts District, uh, which is kind of, you know, towards closer to the, uh, what is it, the Old Vegas, like by Fremont over there. Um, but we only have that one and we try not to do more than one. Well, we would never do like more than one like greetings from Las Vegas mural in, in a city because uh, the goal is to, you know, make these kind of landmarks in itself. Uh, if we do more than one in a city, it's usually a completely different style, or it would be like a name of a, like a neighborhood or something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out if you have the time to go out there. And for the people that are in the Midwest, Victor has done a mural. He's done a mural in Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I see you've been in Hawaii and St. Lucia. Lucia. Uh, boy, you've been all over. You. Go on the map, folks, and take a peek. This is really, really cool. Yeah, in the Midwest, we have probably the most murals in the state of Ohio because that's where Lisa's from, and you know, one leads to another. So, <laughs> I see that right now as I'm looking at it. 
Victor, what is or what has been the most difficult project that you've had to take on so far and why? Hmm. Most difficult project is a tough one to answer because I think every mural just comes with its own challenges. And and a lot of mural painting, to be quite honest, is just on the spot problem solving because you're out there. You know, it's not like you're in a studio in a controlled environment. You know, weather is a huge issue. Um, you know, they're all outdoors. So like sometimes you're just stuck sitting in a hotel room for days. <laughs> it, it was great when we had, you know, if we're on the road in an RV, you're technically home. So we would just wait it out. But sometimes if I'm like flying to city to paint a mural and, and it's just pouring for like days, we're just sitting there waiting, can't really do anything. Um, but uh Oh, actually, the, the Hawaii one, speaking of weather, the mural we did in Hawaii was actually one of our most unique murals because it wasn't on a wall. It was actually on the ground, and it's about like 50 feet by 75 feet. It's almost the size of like a, a little bigger than a basketball court, I'd say. And uh, that one we ended up doing in the rainy season in Hawaii. So you can imagine trying to paint on the ground when it's raining. <laughs> Because uh, it was meant to be viewed from way up high at like a resort looking down. So that one was a challenge. And we actually went back recently to touch it up like four years later. This was just a couple of weeks ago. And then our whole family ended up getting COVID <laughs> two days in. So we had to find some extra help out there. But, you know, things happen. And I'd say that's with everything you do, right? So you just got to find a way to deal with it. What would you say if you had to what your favorite project to date has been? One that just burned in your your memory that that was that was a blast. Uh, the I mean, when people ask me this, my 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 answer is usually the one we painted in in Alaska. We did in Anchorage um, because it was like a dream goal of ours in the beginning. We didn't actually think like we'd make it happen. Plus, like we started this thinking we'd only do this for one year. And we went on six plus years living full time in an RV doing this everywhere. Uh, but that one stood out. It was 2018. Um, we also got engaged there, Lisa and I. So that has some personal meaning as well. So, and, and although I can say we were only there in the summertime where it's like light all day, we we're actually there over the fourth and they're like shooting up fireworks and still light out, which is very odd. But uh I can't say, you know, how it is in the wintertime. I'm sure it's pretty harsh, but I do love the wildlife and just nature out there. Victor, where's where's a location that you haven't painted yet? I would definitely love to do one in, in Duluth. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to work yeah, on that yeah. for you and we'll make sure that uh, it's June, July or oh, August. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I'd love to. I mean, we've done some like internationally on like in island like Bermuda, St. Lucia, like you said. Um, um, I would love to paint a mural in, in, in like Japan, Tokyo. I don't know. There's something about Japanese culture that I, I really like, and I, one of my favorite cities I've been to. Um, but but one one thing I have a unique project that I'd love to do is literally just like pull up in like a ghost town in America and paint like a really elaborate mural for this like in the middle of nowhere desolate place. <laughs> I've actually researched there was like a city in Wyoming with a population of like one it was like Buford, Wyoming that I tried to reach out to to do a mural for them and 
it was a weird story, like a Vietnamese coffee brand ended up buying the entire town. It was just super bizarre, but I didn't have luck there. But but I, I've still been looking into something like this, and I would love to do it. That would be like Field of Dreams. You build it, and they will come. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Make... <laughs> and Victor, if if there's somebody who's young and in their formidable years, and they're they're saying, you know boy, I'm hearing this podcast, or this is something that I've really dreamed about, that I would love to do something like that for a living as well. What advice could you give somebody that's just starting out or just thinking that this maybe is something, because, I mean, how many people are we going to talk to who do what you do for a living? What advice could you give to somebody who wants to get into your type of business? Yeah, I mean, it's, first off, it's kind of interesting that, that, you know, even hearing you refer to it as like a career or, or you know, a job. Like, quite honestly, we kind of just winged this and it, it evolved organically and there isn't any, supposed to be any rules to follow, you know, and that's the part of magic. You can just change things to work the best for your situation as you go along, um, you know, because we never really aspire to, quote unquote, another couple who is traveling by RV painting postcard murals <laughs> across America. So, you know, I would suggest, you know, create your own path and just define it as yours. Victor, is, is there any formal education, maybe not for graffiti art, but a formal education somebody could get that that would help them along the way and maybe bolster, uh, give them a head start if they were going to get into something similar. Yeah, I'd say back when we started, there wasn't even really, or nothing that I knew of like specific uh, classes or courses for this kind of thing. But I, I've discovered, at least recently, they do have like a sign painting courses, which is a good base to start from. Um, I mean, to this day, I still don't know of any, like, uh, if, if you're talking about, like, spray paint specifically, I, I don't know if it's even formally taught in art schools. There might be some classes of this that, that exist out there. But, uh, you know, one of our goals was, was to show that, you know, spray paint is just another medium. You know, why can't it be taught in schools? And it's not always associated with with vandalism and, and graffiti, you know. Have you thought about getting into education at all in your career? Uh, to be honest, not really. I mean, I'm always happy to, to explain process to people that ask and, you know, let them participate when possible and one-on-one. -on -one. But as far as like formal education, it's not really for me. I don't think I'm the right person for that. But I would love to like help out if you know someone does have that idea and give them some advice. Perfect. And Victor, you've been showcased on the Travel Channel and Google Arts and Culture. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Google. Yeah, I think the Travel Channel had reached out randomly when we were doing a project in Louisville and Kentucky. And they just wanted to film a segment on what, what we're doing, um, which is funny because now the Travel Channel has evolved into like a ghost themed channel, which is kind of odd. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, one thing I could say is 
as far as like media and, and coverage, like it, I'm, I'm, it's great to like talk to people like you um, just because it gives us a chance to like give more context to what we're doing. It's not just like one specific mural. It's part of like this national project uh, in the bigger picture. Uh, one thing that I actually personally am happy we never did was force ourselves to kind of like talk on on camera and be like this personality like the influencer thing is this not really for for us you know and, and there were times when a lot of people have actually reached out to us and wanted to do like a show but i think it just wasn't natural to lisa or i and a lot of i think the art that we create a lot of it is not really about us like we want it to be about the community and the people that all the different people that help us along the way so perfect and so, Victor, give our listeners once again your social handles, your website, all of that, so people can go and look at your amazing, amazing work. Um, I have no artistic ability in my body, but I can certainly appreciate when I look at what you do, and it's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, again, you can just follow us on social media. It's just at greetings tour. It's the same on like face, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and even TikTok. Uh, and then because if you click through to any of these murals, we we do really elaborate stories about how it all came together, and we really try to focus on the locals that that help make it all happen. Perfect. And folks, so you you've got to go see uh, the website and and all these social uh mediums and and follow them because it's 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 so cool it's it, it's amazing actually when you look at the thought pattern that goes into it so victor we're going to transition here a little bit we're going to go into what's called our packed question segment so we're going to rapid fire a few questions at you just to get to know you a little bit better um uh and and in this in the quick rapid fire questions favorite movie Oof. Uh, <laughs> this is probably one of the most common questions that people ask, and I, I, I truly don't have a solid answer for this. Are these supposed to be like quick one-word answers? Or <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a, a favorite movie per se, but I like the a lot of more like conceptual movies, you know, so like the interstellar type of movies, you could say. Okay. Favorite place you have ever traveled? Uh, favorite place to try, I think I mentioned before, uh, I love Tokyo, Japan. Is that one of the cleanest cities you've ever been to in your life? I've been there for business several times. It is so darn clean. I wish every city was that clean. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And people are just like very by the book and, and, and you know. You don't even see a single cigarette on the on the floor, cigarette, but on the floor anyway. So. Absolutely. You and if yeah. if you have your your umbrella, you just leave it outside in an umbrella holder and nobody touches it. Uh biggest fear. Oof. Uh I guess I really try not to let fear be something that inhibits me, but I, I mean, I guess the scariest scenario for me would just be like to be in some kind of 
like paralyzed state where like I can see everything happening, but I just can't express myself. <laughs> it's kind of dark, but that would be my <laughs> especially a person who's in a, a in the business of expression, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be quite scary. Your favorite band or artist? Oof. Again, this is tough because I, I feel very uncool to answer this because especially with amongst all my peers who are artists, but like I, I'm the weirdo that can literally work in complete silence <laughs> these days. Um, but I don't know. I mean, in the 90s, I was very much into like hip hop. And then these days, I, I kind of just listen to what my wife is playing a lot of times. So you're a good husband. You're a good yeah. husband. <laughs> You'll be listening to uh, children's music a whole bunch. Yeah, too. that's already happening. Yep. <laughs> How good is that? Hey, tomorrow night I will be actually my wife and I will be at Eric Clapton. So uh, yeah, nice. oh, there's a good one to go to. Um, and the last rapid fire question I have in the pack uh, question segment is, Victor, what is the best piece of life advice you have ever received? Uh, I'd say this is a funny one because it, it was an advice to me personally, but also probably one of the most like famous uh, marketing slogans probably in history. It's And I use this mantra my whole life, which is the just do it Nike <laughs> mantra. And uh, it's just, I've, I've applied it across my life and, you know, kind of, stand by that theme and a fun fact is i don't know if you actually know but that slogan apparently came from like the final words of like a death row inmate and i think his word was just like you know let's do it or something like that and became the nike slogan <laughs> but you applied it very differently <laughs> yep yep definitely a different way but well yeah. that is that is perfect and, and victor thank you so much for being here folks victor fung co-founder of the Greetings Tour. It is Graffiti USA, Graffiti Art, but to a whole new level. This is absolutely amazing. Follow them on social. Go look at the work that they've done. If you have a city out there that you would like to have as greetings to your city, we have the person who can put up the billboard for you and, and paint it on a, a beautiful wall. Victor, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. We appreciate you. And folks, until next time, unplug from the indoors and recharge in the outdoors. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leader of the Pack. Don't forget to rate this podcast. And we would certainly be grateful if you'd give us five stars. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Follow Duluth Pack on social media at Duluth Pack. And shop online at DuluthPack.com. Don't forget to support American jobs and buy American made.